That reminds me, I have to add a note to the style guide. I wanted to say profanity. Don't use profanity. It f***s with the SEO. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 44 of the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Kriska. I'm here with Evan Hoovler and Walid Ismail. Mike is on assignment, which is code for he texted us that his wife said he couldn't do the podcast tonight. So it's the it's the the owner boys. It's owner radio. Uh, it is Friday, August 30th. This is going up on Saturday. Um, today's episode is going to be a little bit about camp battle resolution, some news from uh, week four of the preseason and our first mailbag. Um, if you're hearing this through the website, you can find us on Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever else you can get podcasts. Uh, if you like what we do here, please rate, review, and however they let you do that, wherever they let you do that. We're trying to grow this thing and uh, get a lot of uh, listeners to the podcast. Um, if you found out of us, about us, you probably found out about us through Beer Sheets. Um, we had some big technical issues on Beer Sheets this week, but everything is up and updated as of the 29th on Thursday. Everything should be good. Um, if things aren't good, you can message us at FBallAbsurdity on Twitter. We'll try to fix it. Um, so to get the Beer Sheets running this year, we did have to upgrade our servers a little bit. So we did have to ask for a little bit of money from people, and a lot of people have stepped up. So right off the top, we want to say thank you to our absurdists. And we got a whole bunch of them since the last episode. So um, I'll just go through them all, and we'll uh, we'll give them a little bit of thanks. So Andy C., thank you so much for helping us out. Uh, Michael C., thank you so much for helping us out. Lonzo Ball, who I don't think that that's uh, actually Lonzo Ball, which in which in which case, hey, hit us up for a big baller brand sponsorship. We would love the money. Ethan, thank you so much. Fun fact, I grew up off of Ethan Way. Chase W, Ty S, Daniel M, thank you so much. Mark G, Frank L, and Hutch V. Guys, thank you so much to all of you for helping us out, becoming absurdists. If you want to help support us in our growth, you can go to patreon.com slash footballabsurdity, or you can go to footballabsurdity.com, click the support button on the top, and become a patron. Uh, this is a $7 a month thing. It gets you a draft kit, uh, which is uh, access to full the full depth and breadth of our draft prep articles, as well as Mike Valverde's Tears for Fears, uh, Tears for No Fears, which he updated today, I believe, uh, for Volume 2. That you can find only on the Patreon uh, patron landing page. Um, starting next week, our patrons will have access to a second episode a week on that's going to come out on Wednesday morning. What it's going to be is it's going to be a preview of the upcoming, I'm sorry, it's going to be a review of the uh, previous week's games, a preview of Thursday Night Football, and whatever little odds and ends we want to talk about. This week, obviously nothing to review, so we'll talk a little Thursday Night Preview, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about the season. Um if you just want to help us out and maybe get a little bit something extra for yourself without being a patron, you can go to draft.com slash absurdity, drop promo code absurdity in. If you deposit 10 bucks, you'll get a $3 token for entry into a tournament. You email us with your username and we'll get you everything opened up for you for the website, the draft kit and um, all the draft prep articles. Um, 
if you want to join your fellow absurdists, your fellow fans of the website of Beer Sheets, of the podcast, go to tiny.cc slash absurdity, and that'll take you to our Discord. If you are a patron, starting next week, we'll have a patrons-only channel to that Discord, which will allow you access to us, and we'll answer whatever questions you have in a timely manner. So no more uh, going, do I start or sit? Uh James Conner or Dalvin Cook and hitting at at every single fantasy football person on Twitter. Uh, you will get an answer from us on on those questions. Um, speaking of Twitter, like I said earlier, FBall Absurdity is me. Uh, Evan uses Facebook. He's Evan Hoovler. Walid is I am the Walid. And uh, we also have a Facebook group on uh, Facebook. It's a uh, Football Absurdity. It's really just an RSS feed of the uh, of the show. If you want to chat with your fellow absurdists, it's really active there in the Discord. That's probably the best place to go. So, news. Anything? Nothing big really happened this week, guys. We can like skip the news. You think, right? I disagree. Something you didn't introduce bad. us. I did. Oh, I How forgot to say hello. Introduce? Forgot to say hello, Evan. I would, let, let me just of my own accord here allow myself to introduce. My co-host, Evan Hoovler. How are you doing today, sir? Roll call. My name is Evan. Yeah, I'm a nice guy. Yeah, if you don't believe me, yeah, I'll poke your eye. Roll call. Definitely, definitely worth stopping the podcast to make sure you got that in. Waleed, do you have a song and dance number for us? I'm doing no roll call. You're doing no roll call. All right. No so roll call. Waleed, yeah. I am the best. Yeah, if you don't believe me, yeah, I'll drop an S bomb. Roll call. Uh, no, it's I am Waleed. I'm a little disappointed. If you're gonna do a roll call for me, you need to make it rhyme with Waleed. Oh, I'll drop an <laughs> S bomb if you need. Roll call. There it is. There we there go. There we go. All right. All right. Now also, that uh, just just some more bookkeeping. You missed a few observists. Absurdists. I'm just googling here. Uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky. Was <laughs> thank, you, thank you, Theodore Dostoevsky. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Theodore D. Oh, Sorry. yes. Hey, oh my gosh, I just doxed somebody. Oh, no, okay, I'm going to smoke silent for a while. I'm, I've messed this up. It's like that Simpsons episode where he goes, uh, Lisa, uh, Lisa S. No, that's too obvious. L. Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, so uh, news. There is probably only one news thing that even if you don't pay attention to football, you knew that happened this week. Andrew Luck, 29-year-old superstar, retired quarterback for the Colts. Uh, guys, what are we going to do? <laughs> Waleed, what are we going to do? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to drink because in the interboard league that Evan and I are a part of, where it's eight different message boards, or eight, uh, yeah, eight different message boards in eight drafts, 12 round, 12 players per draft, my second round is uh, T.Y. Hilton. My third round pick was Melvin Gordon. My fifth round pick was Lamar Miller. My sixth round pick was Andrew Luck. My season might be over before the season has even begun. Hey, hey, I knew a guy one time who pay paid $60 out of a $200 budget for Ryan Matthews, who did nothing, and $30 out of a $200 budget for Tom Brady, who was injured for the year, week one. He won the league. So hang in there. Yeah, that's that's I'll interesting. I, I knew a guy. So Waleed, 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 alternative advice: just give up. That's one less league you have to worry about. I, uh, <laughs> I I'm gonna counter that. I knew a guy once who bid one dollar on Andrew Luck after Andrew Luck retired. 
with wow, that was pretty funny. <laughs> that was our Football Absurdity Experts League last week, and I, there were a couple of people who showed up late, and so I said, well, bots are in control. I'm going to put up Andrew Luck for a dollar, and I ended Evan up with tried, Andrew Luck for a dollar. Evan tried to outsmart the bots in the bot one. And then yeah. it was funny because the rest of the draft, I'm just trying. I'm like, I will pay you five dollars plus Andrew Luck for just a bench <laughs> spot. Just give me, give me nothing in return. That's all I want. Take this nightmare out of my hands. I was really wondering why you had to draft four quarterbacks. It didn't make much sense to me. Like it, you got two starters for nine dollars. It was great. Who was the other guy you got for eight? And Andrew Luck. It's perfect. Uh, Dalton. Yeah, Dalton and Andrew Luck. That is a solid. Starting two quarterbacks. It was a science fiction scenario, very reminiscent of fellow absurdist Philip K. D. <laughs> be anonymous here. I'm not going to die. Philip Kevin Durant. All right. So, um, obviously, uh, if you have Andrew Luck, rest in peace. Um, Evan, what did this do to the Colts guys in your auction rankings? How did they drop? How did this affect Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle, Marlon Mack? Uh, that other guy, T.Y. Hilton, and Naheem Hines. Knock him out, Marlon Mack. Oh, sorry? I was going to say, what did it do? What did, what did do? Knocked Marlon Mack back from $29, which is around uh, RB14, to $19, RB21. Still going to get most of the carries in an offense that, frankly, might might run more, you know, for obvious reasons. Uh, and then T.Y. Hilton took a spill from mid-30s right around Right around uh, 13 to uh, $22, right around 17 Although, you know what? I think I might knock that down a few more dollars because I have them ahead of Chris Godwin and Tyler Lockett. And I don't know, man. You see his numbers with uh, Brissett there. It's like 1, 21, 2, 15. And it's like that's not the nightmare I want. And also Eric Ebron has sailed over the edge of the earth. Here there be dragons. Yeah, he's gone. Jack Doyle is already in the Dragons. They're both, they're both gone. Naheem Hines, uh, Walid, what is what uh what does this do for uh, for you for the Colts guys? Uh, I'm not drafting any of them honestly. If I can hands help. off, full hands off. Yeah, I like that. What, like, why put myself through that? I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't trust Brissett. Maybe he's gotten better, but he needs to prove it to me. And that is a huge step down from one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Andrew Luck. I'd rather this this problem. I got enough problems right now. Yeah, you got uh, 99 problems and uh, the Colts bench ain't one. Woo, got it. No, that's, I mean, that's one of the things I kind of say about fantasy football is that uh, when you're making your team, uh, the players you don't draft are almost as important as the players that you do draft because you avoid those um those uh those mines those uh those bombs that will blow up your team because like a guy like T Y Hilton like Evan like you said with when he was with Jake Brisket before it was like one two twenty one two one so that twenty nine made you feel compelled to start him and he blew up your your roster four out of every five games because that fifth game was so good so um so yeah it's it's one of those things where except for in a keeper league where I have uh Marlon back for I think. $11 out of a $300 budget. I'm full on hands off for everybody else. And that's just because. Oh, plus fundamentally an auction. I want. Sorry, please continue, Jeff. I had nothing else to say in an auction. You fundamentally want. Uh, I fundamentally want to bid high on the uh, wide receiver one. 
And the wide receiver two, I just want to see who goes between five to fifteen dollars. So T.Y. Hilton, who I had as wide receiver one for like you know thirty, now he's at five to ten, and not because I think that's his value, but because you're going to get one of them for five to ten. So just wait. Is there any sort of uh, cooking method strategy that you would that you would call that to employ that? You know, it's really coincidental. You should ask that, Jeff. But I call that the barbecue strategy. The where barbecue you spend your strategy. money on the meats. And if you need to make it up the savings, you get it on the chips or the napkins or the you, plates. You write that out. You write that down anywhere where people might I be able to find it. I wrote that on footballabsurdity.com. I don't know if you've heard of it, but yeah, if you just Google the barbecue strategy, I'll drop uh, a link. I'll drop option. a link in the description as well, so barbecue, you don't, have to, you don't so. have to look it up. You don't have to Google it. You can just click on that link. So, it's all right. My life raft in auctions where I kind of feel like I don't know what I'm doing, which frankly is every auction, even though I'm really good at auction yeah that it's it's uh auctions are weird that way because uh the auction the football absurdity draft this weekend was an auction and it was one of those things where it was like all right i know what i'm doing i know the players i want i know fair value for them and i still was like all right here goes nothing <laughs> i think it's because with snake you're guaranteed you know x number of picks where you know we were kind of playing a game of chicken that will lead one for Dar- darwin thompson like we all wanted to get him out there so that we could maybe get him on a roster for a few bucks, but nobody wanted to bid him. So it's one of those things where every time your pick comes up, you're like, all right, let me just uh, nominate a guy I don't want and get some more dollars off the board and hope nobody, you know, nominates this guy too early. That's kind of how it's, how it goes. You, you kind of feel a little bit of a drift. So uh, a guy that's adrift in uh, fantasy football news, like three hours before Andrew Luck retired, Lamar Miller tore his ACL and he's out for the season. Um, I mean, there's one easy answer to what's going to happen in, in, in Houston. And I'm, I'm curious what you guys think will happen. Uh, we'll lead what's, what's going to happen with the Houston situation. You think? I think it's going to be a big mess. Their offensive line has problems. And frankly, I don't believe in Duke Johnson. I don't think he can be a three down back. He hasn't shown it. I don't think he has to build for it. So maybe if Carlos Hyde gets cut, he comes in there. It is. Something like that. One out of two. I feel like I'm married to the Carlos Hyde narrative at this point. So, yeah, Carlos Hyde going to run straight from Cleveland down to Houston. See, uh, I, I, oh, I wait, think, Kansas I think City. Jay Carlos Hyde, don't more, know where he's from. I think Jay Ajayi is more likely to be the guy that they take. Jay Ajayi. I forgot that guy existed. Yeah, uh, but yeah. he's going to sign before. Yeah. He'll sign in the next couple of weeks. It might not be before week one, but it'll be a few weeks after that. He's still recovering from uh, – was it an ACL? Yeah, he'll probably sign after week one because um, there's a trick that teams do every offseason where or every cutdown day where if you if a guy is not on your roster week one, his contract is not guaranteed for the season. Yeah. So so that's why a lot of guys get signed after week one. And, and you're right. Jay Ajayi is probably going to be one of those guys. So maybe it's, it's Carlos Hyde Houston. for a week and then Jay Ajayi. It's clear Houston is playing the waiting game here and they're not going to lean on. Duke Johnson Jr. That there's no way, and so either after the cuts on Saturday, Saturday, right? That's yeah, three man. Yeah, actually, that's why if you're in an auction draft, he's a guy I like to nominate because I think there are people who've convinced themselves yeah, that he's going to actually be worth it. I don't I like want that him. a lot. I like that a lot. Yeah, either either after the cutdowns tomorrow or after week one, one of those two, Houston's going to sign somebody. They're just waiting for the bottom to drop out of the market. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what's going to happen. So, yeah, rest in peace, Lamar Miller. Uh, 
sucks that it would have been really funny to see the um Texans try to trot out Deonta Foreman if they I also traded him. Gonna miss calling him Cut Lamar Millar. That was you one can of my still, favorite things. You can still call him Lady Lamar Millard. Lady Lamar Millard. It's so good. Uh, all right. Next <laughs> thing up, uh Daniel Jones, baby. Eli Manning's gotta be uh gotta be sweating bullets. Preseason. Twenty nine of thirty four passes for four hundred sixteen yards, two touchdowns, zero six in the preseason. Over under five and a half starts for Eli Manning this season. Evan. Under, under, under. Uh, I'm in the Goon Fishbowl, which is our 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 private giant league for football absurdity that's modeled exactly after the Scott Fishbowl. And one thing is uh, you get six points for passing touchdown, which is good, but you get minus four for interceptions. And I have Jameis Winston, and I don't know why I did that. And so, but I looked and I, I have Danny, I have Danny Dimes. Two. So at some point this season, I will have an option to get off the Jameis roller coaster. And I'm just glad I have Daniel Jones for that. So I, I'm going to say under. The the dude had some amazing stats, didn't he, in the uh, preseason? Not that that's worth much, but they were amazing. Yeah, I heard some very handsome guy just say uh, 416 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks on 34 passes. I forget who so it was, so though. So I heard the wind reason- whisper that. Sorry, I'm gonna cut in here. So your sole reason for thinking Daniel Jones is uh, Eli Manning's gonna get benched so Daniel Jones can play is because you need Daniel Jones to play. Exactly. <laughs> that is the exactly. most desperate. <laughs> well, I think Eli's gonna hit the over because I think the the Colts need to trade for him because obviously the <laughs> oh, Giants man. need to start Daniel Dude, Jones and develop the future. That would be and a Eli, thing. Oh my I mean, God. Dude, bullied. The there are people are out there. Away. There are people out there who insist God exists because they can't understand bananas. So yeah, I cherry picked, but in terms of the whole broad spectrum, broad spectrum even of cherry picking, it's not that bad. No, I like Waleed's uh, over for Eli because he's going to be traded to a desperate Colts team theory. Um, or someone else who just is a quarterback away. I could see it happening. Especially, I especially like that because wasn't Eli drafted by San Diego and he said, I don't want to play there. And so he went to New York. So let's stick him in some podunk Indiana town or something. So just your just desserts are being served. That that would be a. uh, a, Yeah, that'd be that'd be real punishing. An up and coming defense, T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack, that's strong offensive line. Oh, no. How dare you make Eli leave? Whatever the hell the Giants have. Okay. Uh, have, right? Imagine imagine if Eli Manning goes to the Colts and <laughs> knocks the Patriots out in the AFC Championship game. <laughs> that would be uh, Would you believe in God then, Evan? Would yeah, you? I, I fantasize about the Patriots getting knocked out every night. So, yes. <laughs> Eli Manning is just a man sent from heaven. to all, he, all he's capable of doing, he bumbles around until he faces the Patriots. But also while the he does your destiny. Question, I will never believe in God. I am a Raiders fan. Life is meaningless. Existence is a joke. Go Raiders. Hey, you guys got uh, Antonio Brown back. That's that's good. So good. I'm so, so good. thrilled about this guy. Yeah. So, all right. And Evan, I, I, Evan, I got to say this real quick because someone bet me um, that the Raiders would not win more than three games this year. We got a six pack of beer on it. I took the over on that because for it's hard to lose thirteen games in the NFL. 
That is my sole logic. Not that I necessarily think the Raiders are going to be amazing, but I do think that they can win four games. Buddy, let me let me introduce you to a little thing called the most recent iterations of the San Francisco 49ers. I assure you it's very easy to lose 13 games in the NFL. <laughs> oh, I have seen it firsthand. I got so, the schedule open right here. There might be the Lions. There might be the Jets. No, I would take They're the not beating the Jets. All right, under. They I don't They Jets play home or good away. home or away. Uh, who's the top team away? Yeah, I don't know what website you're the on. Top, <laughs> I'm on Google. The top, team is, yeah, the top team is the away team. It's yeah, that's what I thought. going to uh, at, at the Jets. Team. At the Jets, okay. That might be tough because they're going hard. hard I, mean, uh, I, they're going I, close I, to I pulled up the schedule to argue for you, and then I looked at it, and I'm like, good Lord, every team was a playoff team last year. Broncos, well, not playoff team, but they'll beat the Raiders. Chiefs, Vikings. Mm. Colts, Bears, Packers, Texans, Lions, maybe Chargers, Bang. Okay, they'll beat the Bengals. Yeah, every team they have a hard schedule this year, and I haven't looked Sorry. because the the Broncos, Joe Flacco, like there's a lot of teams that are going to be average. Just because every team, like a lot of those teams, were playoff teams, half of them won't be playoff teams. That's how the NFL works. Yeah, not the Broncos. Okay, good, okay, but. guys. So I know that the Raiders' schedule is very important for analysis of Daniel Jones. Fair. But okay. why don't we go ahead and move on from here? Yes. And by the way, I'm taking the under as well because, much like Evan, I have Daniel Jones on my real Scott Fishbowl team, so I desperately need it to happen. Um, next times. Next piece of news: Jimmy G is fine, and the world can kindly suck it. He uh, dinked and dunked and and crushed the vaunted Kansas City Chiefs defense. So everybody having a panic attack over six pass attempts against the Broncos can suck it. All right. Um, Josh Gordon is reinstated for now. Um, I kind of want to jump in on Jimmy G for one second here. Anyone who takes anything out of a preseason game can kind of suck it, right? Well, Jeff was clearly trying to move you along here. Jeff was truly trying to push like a steamroller or a bulldozer, push the narrative along here. So... Anyways, as I was saying, the world can kindly <laughs> suck it about Jimmy G. I like Jimmy G. I'm just saying it's preseason. We don't know yet. Well, we, I mean, it was six pass attempts against one of the best pass. Okay. If we're, all right. All right. Now we're talking about Jimmy G. The God, I'll Broncos, see you in 45 minutes. The game against the Broncos that everybody wet their collective pants about, he made six pass attempts. Okay. One, uh, Joe Staley missed a, missed his assignment, and Bradley Chubb was in his face. Two got tipped at the line of scrimmage. One was really bad. One he completed, and one I don't remember. Uh, that was the interception, probably. So yeah, he's fine, guys. He's fine. Okay. As I've said now the third time, the world can kindly suck it. Jimmy G is great. As I look at my Jimmy G bobblehead, and Hold on. I- I'm sorry. Uh, how are we supposed to feel about Jimmy G again? I'm kind of missing that. The world can suck it. Josh Gordon, go. <laughs> Josh Gordon, I love him. Bring him so, back. Like, smoke him if you got him, guys. Yeah, he uh, he was reinstated today. He's in pads. We talked tentatively about him being reinstated before, but we didn't get Waleed's take on it. Waleed, where where would you put him in, in your uh, your ranks among wide receivers? Um, He's in my top 20 for sure. Oh, I, I wow. Drafted, I just had a draft right now. I put him in the fifth round. Um, Evan, you're off the hook, man. Why? I got my beer. I'm back. What? I said you're off the hook. Jimmy G in the fifth round? No. Uh, jo- uh, leads the new high man on Josh Gordon, pun intended. 
Uh, Evan had, had him for Evan. I, you ranted and raved against him, and you were like, "Yeah, he's like my wide receiver 24." And then uh, Waleed, he's uh, he's top 20 for Waleed. So you're you're off the hook, man. Let me see exactly where I had him. Yeah, yeah, he's in that oh. category of wide receiver two threes where I'm like, one of you is gonna fall from five to ten dollars. I'll get them. I I mean I have him right in between uh, Woods and Cooks. Yeah. I, I I saw a stat about uh, Josh Gordon that made me scratch my chin interestedly. Um, for a guy that uh, had Randy Moss at his disposal, uh, Josh Gordon, uh, or Tom Brady to Josh Gordon is the highest yards per attempt that uh, Tom Brady has ever had. So he's the mo- by by that metric, he's the most productive wide receiver that uh, Tom Brady's ever had. So that's um, definitely something to think about. As, no, it's uh, you, hear, you hear that, West Walker. Is, <laughs> Josh Gordon's coming for you. Wes Welker heard it, didn't know where it came from, forgot who he was, and then wandered <laughs> out into the street. I know where Wes Welker is. He's a coach for my Niners, baby. He's coaching up Trent Taylor to be hurt already like he is. So, uh, all right. So I worked all day today, and, and Evan and Waleed wanted to talk about some, an, an article about Jerry Jones. So I'm going to... I'm going to this is Jerry Jones. I'm guessing with regards to Ezekiel Elliott, I haven't seen or heard anything. So I'm going to turn the floor over to you guys to go ahead and and, and talk about this this uh, article about uh, just, Jerry Jones. I'm just everything I read about him makes me just wonder how deep into the senility pit he is going, because here's something he said. I don't know if this was from this article, but I'm going to read you a quote that he gave describing Ezekiel Elliott's uh, holdout and why he's not panicking. And I quote, picture you were a driver of a car and you had a wreck and your hand was almost severed off, but you didn't understand your anatomy. You look down, you're spurting blood, you open the door and run to the woods and either die bleeding to to death or shock. The educated man looks down, knows his anatomy, (laughs) squeezes and knows his best chances to wait for help. That's because he's been there a lot and done that. So I'm squeezing and waiting for help. So basically, he's trying to cut off his hand, his body. That's what I'm hearing. That's yeah. I would. I would. Analogy. I would definitely uh, liken having one of the best running backs in the in the NFL, if not the best running back, to having limbs severed. I definitely liken it to that. That that sounds like an appropriate. I uh, love how he tried to make it sound like it was an argument for him. Like I, if I get my hand cut off, it's cool. That's I'll just Jones being committed. Give me, give me a bla- give me a band-aid. It's all good. Hey, let's just go ahead and move forward. What the hell? No, the other, uh, argu- the other article that he was arguing about too. The other thing he was saying was he doesn't like it's these agents and everyone getting in the way. If we just talk face to face, but also says, you know, his his son speaks for him. So he won't actually talk to you, but he doesn't want you to have any representation. Only him. Exactly. It's billionaire politics as usual, where you're just, you've had so many yes men tell you yes for so long that you think that anytime you come up with any kind of internal logic in your head, it's right. He described uh, the player holding out and said, you know, well, if, if I acquiesce pretty much, what's to stop them from holding out next year? Totally ignoring the fact, and he implied that there's a sanctity to contracts, because if there's anything more pious than contract lawyers. I, I'm yet to hear it. They're just so, they get out of the Peace Corps and then they it, just start the one drafting bankruptcy league. laws. 
in the one major sports league where contracts aren't guaranteed. Exactly. Uh, also, this scenario he's describing where a player gets a contract after holding out, then holds out the next year, has never happened in the history of holdouts. But I it's will admit, ridiculous. I, I kind of want it to happen. I think that'd be amazing. <laughs> that it's, would be uh, pretty funny. I've been reading a lot of the comments, and it's been painful from people. And it seems like the most objection is he's making ten. Ezekiel Elliott's making ten million dollars a year, which to a lot of people is a uh, abstract concept they don't get. It seems it seems infinite. And so when they see him asking for twelve million a year, uh, it's difficult for them to accept the difference. So I, I made a, I made an uh, analogy here. Uh, that I think most people, including me, can understand. Uh, Jerry Jones is a billionaire. He has $1,000 million. Let's chop six zeros off that and say he has $1,000. Ezekiel Elliott wants $12 million. Let's chop six zeros off of that. Let's call it $12. You're a business owner. You have have $1,000 in the bank. You're... Employee, your head employee, your employee who makes hundreds of dollars for you a year, comes to you and goes, I want to raise. I'm getting paid $5 a year. And you say, I want, okay, you're good. I'll give you $10 million. I'll give you $10 a year. And the employee says, no, I want $12 a year. Are you going to open the bank vault with $1,000 in it and toss two more dollars on there? Or are you going to slam the bank vault? Then go on the radio chastising this employee for having the gall to want two extra dollars. It, it, ah, capitalism, The answer to that man. question is very simple. You're going to pay $14 to Dak Prescott, your employee who will kiss your butt, Dak do Prescott whatever you say wants as a yes man, and run <laughs> that organization into the ground because he's only good because the other guy does all the work. That's what you're going to do as a billionaire. That's oh, true. Before we get out of this segment, I want to mention on something awful forums, Leper Flesh had a brilliant post, I thought, uh, uh, mainly focusing on the NFL has a monopoly on the job. If, if you don't if you work for the NFL and you don't like the way it's handled, you have to go to another country to get a job. That's literally a monopoly. So it, it's it's. The players union is kind of a joke in that regard, in that they don't have a lot of power. Uh, and he also mentioned Ryan Shazier. Like, the running back saw Ryan Shazier. They get it. One play, you could be out. And so, do you want to... One play, you could be dead. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, you gotta... Yeah. It, the NFL, it's a blood sport, but you know what? We're still watching it, so <laughs> we probably should move on before we... Work ourselves into a apoplectic rage. We should move on, and so we're going to move on to. Um, apoplectic uh, now is my favorite movie. Our first, thank you. <laughs> we're going to move on to our first uh, mailbag. Uh, we got one, two, three, four questions here. Uh, if you want to ask questions of us, remember it's tiny.cc/absurdity. Uh, and that gets you in the Discord. We got a channel there that's just for questions for the podcast. So, uh, first question up is from uh, uh, Jeremy in Iowa. Uh, Jeremy asks, "Do you construct a roster the same way, whether standard scoring or PPR? Which positions do you prioritize more?" Now he's talking about number of the first qu- half of the question. I clarified with him, he's talking about the number of wide receivers and, and running backs that you would carry. Do you guys? Does that change at all? In uh, PPR versus standard for you guys? Hell yes. 
Of course it does. Yeah. Uh, let me enter my time machine just to see what it's like to be in standard. I'm going back 15 years. Oh, uh, okay. The league that insists on still doing standard. Uh, I haven't had for years. And I hate it. I just, I want to draft a fourth. Right, if you're, Joel, if Hanks, a, Joel Hanksler, if you're listening to this, change your rules. Joel it's Hanksler, if you're listening. Who has a standard league? Joel Hanksler, if you're listening to this, please rate and review on iTunes. Thank you. Continue, Evan. <laughs> I have no qualms. If it's a, a two running back league, I have no qualms drafting a third bench running back before my first wide receiver. In PPR? Yeah, absolutely. No, or standard. standard. Sorry. Yeah, standard. PPR, I, everything's equal. Let me just nips. No intentional player strategy. Heath, uh, Heath Cummings. Cummings. Yeah. From CBS. Yeah, no intentional positional strategy. Waleed, what about you? Uh, pretty much the same. Although, I will say, <laughs> in my one PPR draft, while I was at my kid's open house on Tuesday, I'm in the back of the class with my phone doing a draft because Mike Maxwell, football absurdity contributor, decided to schedule it at the same time, knowing I also have a comedy show I have to run to after that. Uh, but what do I do? I'm in the back of the class on my phone, so my teacher now knows why my kid's a problem. <laughs> I also win three running backs in the first round, my first three picks, in a 14-man, one PPR league. Cause... You're, you're the only parent to be told that you'd get it back at the end of class. <laughs> oh, see, I, I do that I was... on purpose. That way, if my kid's in trouble, the t- teachers would be like, eh, maybe he's not that bad. Maybe it's just his dad, you know? That's a thin line to walk, because you got to be careful, because that leads to them calling CPS. If you... Cause, uh, didn't Good. You... Call him. <laughs> yeah. If, uh, if, you need a vacation. If I'm, if That's I'm over the, only the line, we're getting a vacation. What are you I'm talking about? Over the line, I want somebody to tell me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, my answer to this is in PPR. Um, I guess at the, you know, if you're filling out the back of the roster, um, you have more running back options if you're desperate. So if you took some risky guys up top, you could take like a Chris Thompson type guy or one of those PPR receiver backs that can help shore that up. So you have kind of guys a like, uh, yeah, guys like Tariq Cohen, Duke Johnson yeah. guys who are going to be at third down reception back who will get you a nice floor of points. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's taking running back fragility into account. Um, I might lean towards a running back, but I'm not going in. Like Evan said, nips. Um, I'm not going in, um, looking to get extra running backs. But if, if I end up with some, some risky guys, you know, let's say I, I walk out with, uh, uh, I don't know, Ezekiel uh, Elliott, Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley, and, and Leonard Fournette. You know, I could have no starting running backs in week three. So I'll take like a Chris Thompson at the back. Um, especially, yeah, especially because it also really significantly boosts those top tier. Yeah, the, the top, yeah, the, the it, it boosts the Adams all get so much more value in a PPR league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe it doesn't change the roster construction, but it changes when you take the positions. I guess that would be a fair way to put it, guys. Yep. All right. That's uh, exactly next, a way to do. Next question uh, from Jeremy and Iowa's friend. That's how this was proposed to me, and I'll just read it uh, verbatim. Is it just me, or when you are past the top players, a lot of the second tier guys are pretty close? Specifically, Josh Jacobs versus David Montgomery, and I added Sony Michelle versus Chris Carson. I think what they're getting to here is the guys going like running back like. 16 17 through like running back 30 it kind of plateaus in terms of of talent in terms of skill level is that is that sound right to you guys or are there some guys in there that that you really uh kind of punctuate um for you in in that that running back to landscape i'd say yes and no um yeah 
they're similar in value, but also like they are, they are. Just because they're similar in value doesn't mean they're similar in like opportunity, ability. I think a lot of experts have certain things wrong. Carry on Johnson's going a lot higher now, but you could make the argument that his 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 ceiling is the same as Josh Jacobs or Chris Carson Ooh. or Sony Michelle. Ooh, I agree with you on principle, but not an example. Continue. Okay. Chris, <laughs> uh, uh, on Johnson for life. Okay. Dude, I mean, if you want to invest in the Detroit Lions. Dude's got the talent. Dude's got the scheme that's going to run uh, around him. The only knock against him is injuries, and his injuries aren't consistent. There's some klutz nonsense. Like he tore his labrum walking up a flight of stairs. I, I don't know if that counts well, as injuries. How is his labrum going to hold up when he runs into a defensive lineman? Uh, maybe it's stair-related. Who knows? <laughs> what is science? Maybe he's allergic to stairs. But um, but for, like, running backs, I mean, you can kind of see it when you, like, bunch up the the uh, the average draft position. There's a whole bunch of guys that go between, like, 32 and 45 that are kind of just all the same, those round three and four running backs. And, you know, those are the kind of guys that if you're – that a lot, some people are saying to stay away from them because there's not – there's there's so many landmines in there pretty much everywhere between like maybe Damian Williams through James White. That's running back 12 through oh. 28. Oh, I 100 percent agree with Wally's principle here where they they are they are the same. This is why I love auction. Uh, the RB threes and the wide receiver twos are so unglamorous that. One of them is going to fall for five to ten dollars in the wide receiver two range. One of those RB threes is going to fall between ten and twenty dollars, and you just have to wait and get them. And then you've rounded out your team, which hopefully you drafted uh, extra money on players you do like and you do want to root for every week at the RB one and two and wide receiver one level. And you can just round it out with the with the Alshon Jeffries or the Calvin Ridleys or the Josh Jacobs, the people you're like, eh, this guy's going to show up, maybe give me eight to ten points minimum. Uh, yeah, it's why I really love auction. Yeah, it, I, it's. Oh, go I ahead, Willie. I absolutely agree and. For that reason, you will also notice that Calvin Ridley I got in our league, $7. DJ Moore, $5. You have guys that you get great value on. I'm sorry, I lost it. What was that? Agreed. Oh, I was saying DJ Moore for $5 in our Football Absurdity Experts League. Calvin Ridley, $7. I waited and I grabbed a bunch of value. Anthony Miller, Miller, $3. Kenny Galladay, $11. You can get that great value by just waiting in an auction league. I, I just like to point out that that uh, Waleed shoehorned his uh, for like the fifth straight day talking about his uh, his great wide receiver values in the football absurdity draft. I <laughs> he should he should what he underlined there is the key to the barbecue strategy, which is five to ten dollar wide receiver twos falling for a steal. Calvin Ridley for seven, DJ Moore for five. These these are what you build. Your top players around, and Wally gets it. You know, I'm Wally, not gonna lie. I used your strategy, and it worked beautifully. I I use the slow cooker strategy, where you uh, accidentally overbid for players, and then you have to wait it out till the end. 
that's that's the uh, the strategy I use, the slow cooker strategy. So uh, next question on this one, uh, which uh, Evan, we're going to turn the floor over to you because I think three times today you told me to make sure <laughs> to put it back into the <laughs> podcast notes. How do um, I get my league out of the dark ages and into fab, which is from my wife's cousin, who's coincidentally Jeremy in Iowa. <laughs> how do I get my league out of wire wire and into fab? Fab is free auction uh, budget where you have $100 for the whole season, and instead of a waiver wire, each week you bid on someone, and whoever bids the most gets that player. And it's, it's, it makes perfect sense. Uh, I just want to preface this with saying, I'm good at getting what I want. I'm good at convincing people to do what I think is right. Really good. You're lucky what I want is usually for everyone to be happy and not like, you know, world domination or something because then we'd all be in trouble. Anyway, the most effective way to get what you want was first noted by the ancient Greeks. And it's so effective, it's in common use today. There are three effective ways, and I, I bet you guys have heard of this. I know you're, you're good debaters. Uh, there are three effective ways to argue what you want. You can appeal to emotion. You can appeal to logic. Or you can... You can say your own credibility. Uh, the, Greeks, the Greeks called it pathos, logos, and ethos. But don't worry about those weird words. To get what you want, you have to figure out the best way of the three to convince your audience and then work that angle. The listener who wrote this probably isn't a famous fantasy football guru, so credibility is off the table. If logic worked on their league mates, they would already be in fab because it makes so much sense. So that just leaves an appeal to emotion. You have to think back on your season. Was there any time everyone wanted a waiver wire guy, but they didn't get him? You can even ask individually, what waiver guy would have changed your team the most? Then whenever they answer, say, yeah, your team would have gone so much farther with him. Maybe even won the championship. If we did fab instead of waiver wire, you would have gotten him. And even if this fails, you work it during the regular season. Every time a popular pickup gets snagged by the person at the top of the waiver wire post, you go, oh, man, if only it was fab, then we all would have had a chance at him. If someone complains about having not good running back starters, which happens every season, say, if we did fab, you could have had that problem fixed in just a few weeks. You will get what you want. And that's not me talking. That's thousands of years of human history. Thousand, you hear, you heard Evan. Thousands of years of fantasy football tells you to just badger the person. <laughs> I think that's what I got out appeal of it. Appeal right? to their emotion. Appeal just, to their emotions. I heard. I heard. Badger them. Keep weekly. talking until they do what you want. Pathos. <laughs> Walid, I know you know ethos, pathos, and logos. Uh, I actually, um, I am actually skilled in the art of negotiation. A negotiation is they have something you want, and you have something they want. So what you need to do is find something that's they want back like a child that they might have a car something valuable to them and take it until they will give you your free asian auction base this is the only way you're gonna get what you want sometimes you just got to be direct that is my advice that might be more effective than my <laughs> rant that, that is be. more effective i think and um i get just, i get things done just um uh, an aside, this is a, a personal preference. I, from Fantasy Baseball, I prefer, if your system allows it, it's called Vickery Bidding. It's basically um, the winning bid is whoever bid the most money, but the amount that they pay is the second most money plus $1. I'm a big fan of Vickery no, Bidding. No, boo that. No, don't no, boo that. Put your, put your huevos in the table. 
Not the other guy's huevos plus one huevos. Come on. Okay. We, we've been debating whether or not to do that. What what Jeff's saying is, hey, everybody bids, and the winning bid gets it, but they only pay one dollar more than the second bid. I, I don't know. I, that 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 removes the game element for me. You know, if I want a guy, I'm gonna drop a hundred on him, and I shouldn't get a discount just because somebody else wasn't willing to step it up. Well, I mean, that's that's not really a discount that 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 provides for additional roster flexibility. And it also prevents burnout from somebody using up their entire fab budget in week one on right. on that provides, on that so joker provides, that scored three um, touchdowns it, it in provides four re- years ago. It provides a reward for somebody who bids idiotically. Yeah. Learn to manage your money. OK, so when so in, in this situation where we're trying to encourage a listener to switch his league over to this, he's going to tell them, tough, you know what? You guys wasted all your money in the first three weeks, and, and that's going to encourage his league to to continue on with this. Why are you putting words in this person's mouth? He's going to say, this Is this even a fantasy football thing that's viable? Got, Does any site have it now? <laughs> you've got the guys you wanted in the first three weeks were the most important weeks for waiver wire. Fab worked for you. Good job, Fab. Let's all worship our God, Fab. All right. So next question um, is going to be, this is from the Discord, and it's, what is the rule for picking up handcuffs? We have people in the league that just stash every handcuff on the bench. Should I avoid doing that myself? That's from Superfly Mo in the Discord. Oh, I like Superfly Mo. Dude's cool. All right. Why don't you help him out with some... Yeah. Handcuffs are stupid. They're so dumb. I'd rather actually get someone who might play. If what ends up happening when I used to draft handcuffs was I'd have a guy on my bench for a couple of weeks until I realized I needed that roster spot and he was doing nothing. So I have to go into waiver wire. Now I just draft players who I think might actually produce for me. I, I don't, I don't get handcuffs. I sat down to, on that note, I sat down to try to figure out, all right, who should you handcuff? And I'm like, of all the 1,700 players, I could only come up with five. And feel free to throw flame at me. Not that she wouldn't, anyway. For this, I think the only handcuffable guys are Fournette with Reichwell, uh, Todd Gurley with either Henderson or Malcolm Brown, uh, Melvin Gordon with either Austin Eckler or Justin Jackson, Ezekiel Elliott with Pollard, who I thought was a tight end, but I don't even know, uh, and Dalvin Cook with Madison. But I might even be – I felt when I wrote that list, I felt like, ah, this might be too many people. No, that's actually that's, – that's right. But the reason those guys work is because they also should have some independent value on their own. That's why they're decent handcuffs. If you're going to get a handcuff, yes, also be someone who might be able to produce because the backup running backs on teams do things. The backup – well, I don't know. If, yeah, there are there handcuffs for receivers? I guess there's not. Yeah, but you want a guy who's going to actually produce for your team. The third down running back still gets looks, and he might get that chance to be a starting role. He's got to have some kind of functionality, some flexibility. Well, then would you say that Tariq Cohen is a handcuff for uh, David Montgomery? Yeah. I don't – I mean, I'd say he's a potential handcuff, but he's also the third down back. He's going to be the guy in the receiving role. That's why I I, I said that. I'm like, ah, you know, I don't think he's a handcuff for the exact same reason that you, you argued, because he has values the third down back. Yeah. Uh, he's not going to step into the first and second down back role. 
But if but if something happens to David Montgomery, he's going to be the guy who steps up. Then again, he probably isn't, and it's going to be Mike Davis. Do you think how is he between the tackles, Tariq Cohen? Uh, he's, I do. he's a tiny, tiny man with a lot of agility. I I don't th- I don't know. He dances around a lot, but he is so fast. If he if he was a little more decisive, it'd be fine. But I don't know that he has the strength to really be a full like three down back. So I'd love to be proven wrong. Though. I think no, I think you've just supported your own original argument without knowing it, which is don't grab a guy just because he's a handcuff. Yeah. You know, all the guys I named aren't good without these guys getting down. You and know, whereas Cohen Terry Cohen is good. Yeah. He's gonna because he's gonna you're gonna see him a lot in the slot. He's gonna get reception. He's gonna get he's gonna get some rushing yards. He's gonna get a lot of receiving yards too, though. Oh, but if, if, but if if Montgomery goes down. Odds are Mike Davis is taking his carries. It's not going to Tariq. Yeah, Mike Davis. Aren't we allowed? Are we allowed to say Mike Davis's name? We can say it. We just don't have to like it. <laughs> yeah. Where do, where do I? I, tra- I have Tariq Cohen for twelve. That's pretty high for. I a, mean, Tariq Cohen has his own standalone value. Um, he does. Yeah. So he's he's not quite a handcuff. And Evan, though, I'm going to quibble with Reichwell Armstead. Um, I'm not quibbling with the fact that. Um, Leonard Fournette's going to go down and get hurt. I'm quibbling with the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars are a dumpster fire with one of the worst offensive lines in football. And I don't think it's worth using a roster spot on a fifth-round running back that's going to back up uh, Leonard Fournette just in case. That's fair. I like uh, being wrong here because I uh, I can use the Reichel Armstrad pick on a better flyer. Yeah, that's that's the thing. So my, my, my response to this is, do I handcuff my own players? No. Do I handcuff your players? Absolutely. I will take these, like, the guys that Evan lined up, uh, uh, Madison. Um, they might be Devin Singletary, even. Um, Darwin Thompson, who is technically, I mean, if everybody thinks what's going to happen to start the season, he's technically just a handcuff to start the season. Uh, these guys that are likely going to develop, I don't want to have to wait for my guy to get hurt. Because you know what's going to happen in that case? It's a step down. It's not even going to be a one-to-one addition to your lineup. Because that one guy's starting from over the other guy for a reason. But if I keep my good guy, and then I get your guy that goes down, and then I have his backup that's a high quality backup like a Madison or a Daryl Henderson or a Malcolm Brown, well, guess what? That's how you win leagues. Is you are there first. You have the guy that everybody else wants. You have him first. And when your guy gets hurt, that's just something you got to live with. You can't use a roster spot out of fear. You got to have these high end backups as flyers don't think of them as handcuffs think of them as flyers because if you handcuff your own guy you're playing to not lose you're not playing to win is basically what it comes down to and um to answer your question evan my fantasy league does vickery bidding i found one ha ha that was um, mine actually oh well lead to answer your question <laughs> my fantasy league does vickery bidding ha ha there we well, go when you take the training wheels off let us know Oh, I'm sorry if the uh, Scott Fishbowl League um, website isn't good enough for you. Oh, sorry. is that what does it? I didn't know that. I take well, it back. They don't. They don't do Vickery, but the website that they use does Vickery. Oh. So. <laughs> you see? And I, I see. See, uh, Waleed. Here's the thing, Vickery. You said when you take the training wheels off, he's trying to convince his league to go to this. If your parents are like, "Hey, Waleed, we bought you a bike. No, uh, no training wheels. You know, little Waleed." You know, slamming his knees against the concrete, slamming his elbows, slamming his head. You go, screw this. I'm not riding this bike. 
but you get some training wheels, you start to learn how to ride the bike, eventually you take the training wheels off. So if you start with Vickery bidding, you get people on board, and then you can take those training wheels off. So I think thanks. that's a decent point. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say is it's like you're trying to get people over to this. You don't want somebody to to blow all their money and then they have no money for the rest of the year and you know they're 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 SOL cuz the I next think you time you don't know comes... very well. I delight in other people's misery well, in my fantasy football league. Well, so. <laughs> well, well that's a recipe for that guy raising a stink to go back to waivers the next season. I know. Yeah. Um and uh, uh, I forgot what I was going to say, so we'll go <laughs> we'll go ahead. We'll move on to the uh, move on to the next piece here. Um, Draft.com. Real quick before we move on, I want to remind everybody about Draft.com because uh, draft season is going to be over soon. Uh, we're going to be done with uh, what's arguably the most fun time of the year uh, when you put your teams together. But guess what? You don't have to stop drafting. Uh, with Draft.com, you can go in every week. You draft a new team every week. Say um, uh, you you have a you have a real feeling about um, Kenny Galladay in week one. We'll lead listen up to this because they're playing the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are going to be without their top two cornerbacks in week one. So Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay, stack them up. But guess what? You don't have Matthew Stafford or Kenny Galladay on any of your teams. You go to draft.com. You can draft one week for just that week. You, you put down some cash. You have a feeling about a team this week. If they blow up, guess what? You win money. It's that easy. And you get to do the best part about fantasy football to make that money, and it's draft. So what draft is, is it's a snake draft every week. It's daily fantasy during the season. Um, but it's not that, hey, this guy's worth five grand, this guy's worth eight grand, and you try to build a roster with a with a salary cap. It's the best part of the season. It's a, sna- it's a draft. It's a snake draft. And uh, you just pick your guys, and you win money. Uh, you don't have to worry about you know, guys getting hurt or, you know, guys that were on your roster and they're just sitting there at the bottom because you're waiting for them to come back. Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon. It's only the guys playing that week you got to worry about. So if you want to try it out, you can go to draft.com slash absurdity, punch in that promo code absurdity. You deposit 10 bucks. You will get a $3 token. Uh, so that 10 bucks becomes 13 bucks for you to play with. And it helps us out a lot with the, uh, with the beer sheeps upgrade. So we would really uh, appreciate that. Um, if you guys did that. So again, that's draft.com promo slash absurdity, promo code absurdity. And I said beer sheets up grapes. So on that note, we're going to switch to a little bit about camp battles. So there's a whole mess of camp battles that are going on right now that have some fantasy football implications. And um, I, I made a list here. If you guys want to each pick one that you want to talk about, who you think is going to win, why, who you want to win, uh, which may be different from who you think is going to win. And uh, that'll that'll round out the podcast this week. So, uh, Evan, which of these uh, 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 camp battles do you want to talk about? Uh, you know, I'd like to talk about the easiest one to settle, the San Francisco 49ers. All right. Uh, we have, what, Dante Pettis versus Marquise Goodwin versus who? Debo Samuel. Yeah, uh, this one I just wrote down, Marquise Goodwin, because Jeff said so. That's a good, that's a good, uh, I don't know, dude. Jeff is the third best fantasy guy I've ever known. Behind and Jeff, you and Waleed? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not ahead of Jeff. Uh, Waleed's not ahead of Jeff. Sorry, Waleed. Uh, okay. got him. Uh, but Jeff knows fantasy. Every time I've asked him for a call, this player versus that player, he's been right. Well, maybe 90, 90% of the time. And, uh, Jeff 
follows the Niners. He goes to every game. He watches the preseason while we're podcasting, which is not at all annoying. And uh, (laughs) he says... I let you guys talk about Drew Brees for like a half hour, okay? God, I hate Drew Brees. Uh, He says Marquise Goodwin is the guy. So that's all I need. He is the the one there. um, He might get hurt. That's just how it is. But I think, yeah, I think he's going to win that camp battle because uh, Debo Samuel, you know, he did that preseason hype thing um, and it wasn't even that exciting. Um, he he was, you know, blowing it up against third stringers and Dante Pettis. They there's there's this drumbeat of Kyle Shanahan just through the media grabbing Dante Pettis by the shoulders and just shaking him violently and going, why can't you do what you were doing last year? Why can't you do it? That's pretty much what he's doing through the media over the last three weeks. And um, Marquise Goodwin, um, he didn't play a full game with Jimmy G in 2018 because he took this really nasty hit to the thigh, I think, in week one. Uh, One of those head to thigh things, the one that uh, Gronk this week said he was crying for a month afterwards. So he got knocked out of that game after one target, missed the next game, and then Jimmy G tore his uh, his ACL in the third game. So he didn't even have a full game with Jimmy G last year. And in 2017, he was the apple of Jimmy G's eye. And um, it wasn't like he he, um, had lots of issues last year. In the fourth game, he had over 100 yards and two touchdowns. And then he had some, for the second straight year, unfortunately, he had some family issues. He lost, his wife was pregnant and he lost the child. So he kind of, faded away from the team he was out for personal reasons for almost the whole year so you can't really hold that against him so yeah i think it's going to be marquis goodwin and the best part about it he's going for a buck he's going in the 14th round because he's not part of that hype machine he's cheap and free so that's the guy you want to lean towards because i think he has the best chance of winning the camp battle i'm gonna i'm gonna come in with something here because while i respect your knowledge my concern with marquis goodwin is he's entering his seventh year in the nfl I kind of feel like we've seen about the best we're going to see from him. I don't think he's going to – I think that he might start off better, but I like Dante Pettis' chances of – I just think he has a much higher ceiling. Debo Samuel this year, he's a rookie. He's he's athletic. He's exciting. He's interesting against third stringers, as you said. But I don't, I don't know that I can count on him this year. But I think Pettis, at least – Maybe not, maybe not in the first few games, but I'd like his chances of coming on a little bit more strongly than I do Marquise Goodwin overall. I just, I, I don't believe. You don't believe? Well, I mean, I, this isn't who do we think is going to be better over the season. It's who do we think is going to win the camp battle. A gentleman um, on the Seahawks oh. would like to speak to you, sir, who used to be on the Seahawks. Richard Sherman? <laughs> A wide receiver on the Seahawks who retired this year. Doug Baldwin uh, named Doug Baldwin was in his like 22nd year and had done nothing. And then all of a sudden led the league in touchdowns. Um, that's I, I'm up in my cherry picker. I can't hear you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was okay. going to say that doesn't sound right at all. He was actually, Oh my goodness. No, I'm looking at his stats right now. Mm-hmm. I guess, broke yeah. Hey, baby. He broke out really in his fifth year, didn't he? I, I love that you're shocked, too, because I was I I had a bunch of people that I gave fancy advice, and I was like, no, 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 Baldwin's been in the league for like 17 years. Don't pick him, and all of them hate me now. Yeah, no, you're I, right. 
And I, I didn't realize that he only broke out really in his fifth year. That's interesting. Yeah, and, and we'll lead to your point that we've seen what Marquise Goodwin is. Uh, here's what Marquise Goodwin was with uh, Jimmy G in the last five games of uh, the 2017 season. He was on pace for 1,293 yards and 93 receptions. Oh, do you have that post you put on something awful? We were like, here are the quarterbacks that have coached San Francisco doing a snap. And you were like, Colin Kaepernick tries to run out of bounds and fails. Some guy looks directly at me in the stands and takes a knee. That was <laughs> one of your best po- posts of all time. Right? I do not remember getting, that. Oh, you kept getting angry. You posted every quarterback the Niners have had for the last 10 years. You kept getting angrier and angrier until it was like, dude, takes a snap, looks at me in the eyes and takes a <laughs> knee. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, the, it, the, the last decade of San Francisco 49ers quarterbacks has been uh, – I mean, Colin Kaepernick so far has been the best one and he got blackballed out of the league. So, um, so there is that. Um, so, all right. So that camp battle I think is, uh, put to rest. So we'll lead, which, uh, what camp battle do you want to talk about on this, on this one? Um, actually I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay running back situation. Um, so if we look at it, we have, uh, Ronald Jones, the second, uh, what I know about him is that he will fall down after first contact uh, on a Bonaway. I don't think he'll ever be successful because nobody <laughs> with a name that hard to pronounce. I was going to say, I think it's okay. success in the NFL. Hold on. Pronounce, pronounce this name. I'm going to spell it. D-A-R-E. Dare? Wrong. Dare. Dare? Dare. Dare. So just just emphasizing, emphasizing your point. Emphasizing yeah. your point that it is difficult to pronounce. Ogunbowale, no one with a name that hard to pronounce has ever had sustained success in the NFL. So I have no reason to believe he'll win this camp battle. Uh, Ronald Jones can't get touched without falling down. So didn't how is he going to Jeff, didn't you say that uh, Ronald Jones never once amassed enough yards in a game to cross an NBA court last season? Uh, yeah, the long way. He didn't get enough yards to, to cross an NBA court the long way um, last season. Because <laughs> I think he, is he the long out way like, Dari's else name? Yeah. No. <laughs> the, uh, I'm not even going to try. Because let me tell you, a white guy mussing that up is a bad look. So I'm not even going to try. But, uh, but yeah, he topped out at 28 yards in a game last year. And 28 times three is... 84 feet and a regulation NBA court is 96 feet long. So he didn't even make it from one end to the NBA court to the other. So basically Peyton Barber is probably going to win that camp battle. So he is, he is the best running back on a team of running backs that I am not going to take into any of my fantasy drafts because why would I want any part of Tampa Bay's running? That's good qualification. Brian, Brian, is everything Okay. Oh, I'm just thinking about Tampa Bay's okay. running game. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Brian Sklar, who's a, a a great new writer for us, uh, he lives in Tampa Bay, uh, in the area, and he was in a draft today, and he was in the final round, and he's like, I need a running back, and both uh both Buccaneers running backs are available, and I was like, well, I guess take Dare, and he's like, oh, you're right, all three Tampa Bay running backs are available. Why should I take Dare? And I'm like, dude. I've seen the other two, and it's like the senior Olympics out there. 
man. Like, if you have to pick one of them, gun to your head, pick the one that's not been proven to be awful. But I'm with Wally. We're like, just avoid the situation altogether. Yeah, it, it's one where, you know, if I have a deep, deep roster and a buck left in the auction, I'll um, maybe uh, and and, and I'll light that dollar on fire. Yeah, I'll light that dollar on fire. I'll light that Dare on fire and see if if Dare uh, um, can can win the battle because it'd be worth you know he'll be worth upside what like five bucks so it might be worth technically I technically have Rojo at one and. Peyton Barber at three and Dari not listed, but I I gotta get I'm gonna drop Rojo and Peyton to zero and put a Dari at one like wow and just if you want the high upside and we know Peyton Barber and we know Rojo don't have the high upside Tampa Bay had the bleeding pass yards per team last year if you're a running back you remember you remember Montez Ball or whatever on Denver Monty Ball Monty Ball on Denver. Where he he was doing great, even though he was horrible and got cut like a year later, because Denver's passing was so great. Tampa Bay's passing game was number one in the league, and still Peyton Barber and Rojo couldn't look good. I can't I can't handle that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a it it's a bleak situation, I think. Um, but you know, I would argue. Dar- I, I would say that. Barber's still probably worth a dollar, even if I'm not touching him. I mean, he still had almost a thousand yards from scrimmage last year. I'm not going to get mad. At, I'm not going to get mad at somebody for bidding a dollar for a starting yeah. run back. That's a good point. Yeah, that's fair enough. So. But that's if I'm desperate for running backs and I just need a floor. That's really what it is. Floor is a good word there. Yeah. Yeah, that's in the um. Uh, let me name drop this here in the Scott Fishbowl. I ended up with Peyton Barber in like the 13th round because I had a lot of like upside guys, but I needed that floor guy. And so it was like, well, you know, as good as it, this is a decent floor play as anybody is in the NFL. You know, it's not exciting to get, uh, you know, 22 carries for 80 yards, but eight fantasy points, you know, so you got to work it's with not, what you got at that point. Yeah. It's not that he doesn't have value. It's that he's got very little value and you'll feel terrible about having to rely on it. He's That's no, it. he has no upside. His, exactly. His, his upside is a fluke uh, Legarrette Blunt like 16 touchdown season. That's his He's upside. like the poor man's Lamar Millar. And Lamar Millar is like the poor man's running back on any team. So uh, Lamar Miller is is like the poor man's Lamar like, Millar, Col- but yes. Colts uh, Frank Gore. Who every year was just like those like three years or whatever he was there just turned Frank away. Frank Gore turned away. is the Ringo star of running backs. He's a freaking metronome. I thought you were gonna say he's the worst member of the Beatles. No, jo- no, he's not George. Well, I mean, sorry, John. He's not, he's Who not are the John. other Miami uh, running back? John Lennon. Well, they're not in Miami, baby. No, but I'm talking about Frank Gore. Like this. Frank Gore is in the Buc- came from. Oh Helps. my! Oh 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 oh! You threw me off because Frank Gore was, was in Miami last with, year. I was comparing him to the other running backs. The Beatles. Who is the Who is the guy who wanted to jump in a fight when he was an announcer? Lamar. Something no, or other. I, I don't remember this. I don't remember yeah. this either. No, okay. So you remember Miami was playing Florida International, and a big brawl ro- broke out. And one of the Miami running backs was an announcer, and he was like, "I'm about to go down there, and I'm gonna jump in that fight." And he was, you know, fired for it. It was Lamar. Well, hold on. I'll I'll be back. Into the tank. 
Give me five seconds. All right. <laughs> I'm back. Uh, Willis McGahey. Oh, Lamar Miller. How about that guy? No. Uh, Edron James. It was Edge. Who was it, trying wasn't, to fight? it was Edge. It wasn't Edge who was trying to fight, but I'm trying to name the best uh, Miami running backs. And Edge, I think, was. It was who was, was the one who had a horrific uh, knee injury? Uh, name, uh, Terrell Davis? No, drafted by Buffalo in college, like in Willis McGahey. Willis McGahey. Yeah, they had they had a string of like amazing running backs. Frank yeah. Gore might have been the worst running back of that group. Clinton Portis. Oh. Uh, oh, Portis was good. Yeah, no, I mean, I I, I think guy. I'd give it to Gore just for longevity. I want to be clear. All right, None so the guy this... who wanted to jump in the fight. Uh, okay, so yeah. so 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 you know the Miami. Uh, running backs, the college ones. Um, I, I, I think that's a good discussion about <laughs> the... Uh, I don't even remember what we were talking about at that point. But I'll transition to the Miami Dolphins running backs. Kenyon Drake's hurt. Kalen Balazs sucks. Who's going to... Kenyon Drake's probably starting the season hurt, but who do you think is going to be the running back come week three? Because I think it's going to be Kenyon Drake. Because I know Evan says that uh, Kenyon Drake can't run between the tackles. But Kalen Balaj ended his last preseason game with 16 touches for 15 yards. I was big in Balaj's camp. I had a, uh, I had Kenyon Drake on my big minor league team last year, so I watched him, and he could not run between the tackles. But good lord, Balaj, <laughs> great job selling me off of you this preseason. You convinced me that you are not the person I need to hitch my wagon to. Wow. Yeah, so he's and, big and strong, but that man changes directions like a tugboat, or not a tugboat, a steamboat. He changes he, directions like a steamboat, man. Even it's, on my big money league, even though he was poisoned in my flex one out of every two weeks, one out of every two weeks he he won me my league, my game, you know. Kenyon Drake, catch, or yeah, Kenyon Drake, he would catch two passes for sixty-three yards and two touchdowns. Or some nonsense. So, gun to my head, I gotta go uh, Drake. Balage. I was all in his camp, and I am not. There is no way you can convince me you otherwise. Guys, you guys have made me come to a realization. Don't take any running backs that play in Florida. That is my rule. Right not now. even... That's not a bad call, unless yep. you love Kenyon Drake like I do. Which, draft Kenyon Drake. That's the only one in Florida you're gonna take. Yeah, but you're not like. Do you really, you really want to take the running back on a team that is gunning for the number one pick in the NFL draft? I don't, I don't like having shares of what are going to be putrid offenses. I mean, you got what Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick. One of them's leading it, and neither of them is very inspiring. And uh, you're you're I don't preaching to the that choir. Huh? That's why I do auction. You're yeah. preaching to the choir. Uh, yeah, I wanted to say. Lamar Thomas was the guy who got fired for wanting to jump into the brawl. Okay, please continue. All right. So I I, I, I think um, the answer is what we've come to is that it's going to be Kenny and Drake, but don't bother. Um, so I think that's that's <laughs> that's what... Uh, Great bi-week flex. Is Larry so good? Yes. Yes. He is, he is good. He's I wasn't good sure. Like Smoking weed. Yeah, when he's not gas masking some weed. I, I coughed up a bunch of loads from a gas mask bong. That dude is good at this stuff. Yeah. Real the, one quick- thing I, the one thing I remember from that draft day, too, is 
that is the first time I've ever heard someone say my social media was hacked, and I was like, oh, their social media was totally hacked. Like, <laughs> I've never believed any professional athlete or famous person, but that guy I 100% agreed with. Agreed. Oh, I also love Colleen Wolf from NFL Network, who was like, oh, my kid was playing with my phone, flipping through videos, and all of a sudden it's Laramie Tunsil smoking a gas mask bong and had to grab it away from it. <laughs> Yeah, um, and uh, Walid, I know you don't believe that people got hacked, but uh, you should probably check out the founder Twitter's uh, Twitter feed today if you don't think people got hacked, because it's, uh, I don't think he said some of these things. Who's the founder? <laughs> uh, Jack, literally yeah. at Jack. Oh, the founder of Twitter. Yeah, the founder of Twitter. He uh, he got hacked today, and um, it was uh, it was quite a sight to see. Um, so real quick before we move on there, what do you call Aubrey Graham in Nairobi? That is a Kenyan Drake, everybody. Kenyan Drake. I don't get it. <laughs> well, he got it. He got it. Uh, Evan, uh, Aubrey Graham's stage name is Drake. That is the rapper Drake. Okay, and, uh, well, you took Brian Sklar. I mentioned I know, earlier his joke. I was where going he's to, like, I was going to credit him until you did not get it, and then. All right. Yeah. His joke was. Watching Kenyon Drake is uh, like watching an imposter out there, like watching, you know, a Swedish Madonna or a Kenyon Drake. That, one of the best jokes I've ever read. It was good. <laughs> one of the best jokes I've ever read. So uh, any other of these camp battles pique your interest, guys, or should we call it on this oh, one? Oh, I got a bunch. Uh, Hill versus Ito. I was all in on Hill until Hill turned out horrible. And Ito looked not horrible. And even though Ito looked horrible last year. Yeah, that one that one went over real fast. Because Brian Hill looked really good in the first game. And Ito Smith looked bad. And then it flip-flopped and stayed that way. So, And Ito scored t- uh, three touchdowns in the preseason. So um, definite upside there with Ito. All right. Uh, any other one? Here. Uh, Seahawks wide receiver number two. The guy that I like in Seattle is DK Metcalf. I really, he is such a polarizing, polarizing figure, but his athleticism, he's, he's got the potential to be just something special. And I, I, if I can get shares of him late, I'm grabbing it because he, I'm not really big on rookie receivers blowing up, but he's the kind of guy who's just going to run those like go routes and just destroy teams. And you look at their, who else they have, David Moore and Jerron Brown. I mean, I'd rather have Shaquem Griffin out there trying to catch passes with one hand than have those guys. You're canceled, So by Evan. default, I got to go DK Metcalf. To be fair, I, I he's actually a fairly good receiver as a first cornerback. Or That's, I'd rather have him. I no. wasn't insulting him. Uh, no. Quick quick question, you guys. Uh, which one of these wide receivers had knee surgery like last week? Sorry for that fully work. That was my cat. Uh, I don't know, man. Not David Moore or Jerron Brown, because they don't perform enough for anyone to notice any knee injuries ever. That was DK Metcalf, folks. Yeah, Um, you got to do upside, though. Do you got to do upside in the the offense that uh, doesn't pass the ball? I've heard a lot of people talk about... Part of the reason they don't pass the ball is because all they have is Tyler Lockett. No, they don't pass the ball because their stupid offensive coordinator thinks that a combination of 53 receptions and rushes means that you're going to win the game. <laughs> Brian Schottenheimer is awful. 
And Dude, it's good for fantasy, though. It's good for fantasy. Chris Carson. Chris Carson. Yeah, Chris Carson. DK Metcalf. RB1 last year. Nobody bid on. Love Chris Carson. And Chris Carson's seriously undervalued this year. I hated Chris Carson to start the preseason, and then Penny looked like he doesn't even care, and now I'm all in on Chris Carson. I was all in on Rashad Penny in last year's draft because that dude is just so athletic. He's, for his size, the way his feet move, I, I loved him. But when my big red flag on a rookie, you, you show up to camp overweight, I, I don't trust you ever again. And everything bears out. Wow, fat shaming, Waleed. That's really messed up, dude. All hey, right, I unless hear... you're a defensive lineman, then it's okay. All right, I hear that Jeff wants to move through these quick, so I'm just going to nail my points. Tell me if you have beef with any of them. Best Baltimore wide receiver? Miles Boykin. None of them. Undraftable. Jackson doesn't throw well. Yep. Agreed. Uh, Although Miles the Boykin. best receiver is Willie Sneed. Miles says, Boykin. Who cares? Best Miles Boykin. wide receiver is tied in Mike Gusecki. Gusecki! Give me Preston Williams. If I have to pick a wide receiver, give me Preston Williams, who hasn't had a string of disappointing guys, seasons guys, like Stills or Parker. Devontae Parker is in the it's best shape of horrible. his life, I heard. Oh, holy shape of his life. Oh, my God. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I, still th- I think the best thing I ever did was when I when somebody tweeted that this year, and then I went through and through every single season and retweeted on the Football Absurdity account every year. Everybody doing the, oh, Devontae Parker is really uh, impressing in camp, and Devontae Parker is the best guy in camp. Yeah, don't. don't. Don't do that. All right, what else we got, Evan? I mean, we got Buffalo's backfield. And I think the ageless wonder is the man to look at, Frank Gore. See, much like um, we're saying Preston Williams hasn't disappointed us for years and years and years, guess who's the shiny new toy in Buffalo? Devin Singletary, baby. I'd like to remind you of another young rookie running back who had to beat out two old veterans a couple years ago, a little by, man by the name of Alvin Kamara. Just saying, if you want to talk upside. I'd like to he, point out uh, football absurdity correspondent Mae West, even though she died 40 years ago, uh, whenever I have to choose between three evils, I choose the one I haven't done before. There you go. No, Devin Singletary's the guy to go with, but also it's, don't draft don't draft Buffalo players. It Are you seems like me? they're just going to go with one-third of, a car- one-third of the carries to each guy. Why wouldn't you? Josh, if I was a coach, I'd be like, let me just give the old guys one-third of the carries and the new guy. Let's just... Let's just even this out. Make it easy Josh on everybody. Josh Allen looks so bad throwing a football. He's got no touch. That oh, offensive really? line is trash. Disagree. That, that uh, I think he's looked great this preseason. Ah. Uh, I think he looked like seen, trash last year. Uh, I, I just spent a lot of time watching uh, that third preseason game, and though I don't like the way he throws it at all. It's all it, – it all he's got zip. But he overthrows guys. His footwork sucks. He just kind of, you know, he, he reminds me a lot. He's a poor man's Jay Cutler. And you don't want to be a poor man's Jay Cutler. Okay. We're great. Poor Love man's Jay Cutler. Hey, Jay Cutler is one of the few running uh, quarterbacks to um, support a, two top 15 wide receivers, a top 10 tight end, and a top uh, 10 running back all in the same season. So just saying. Yeah. Love- but, Don't be wrong on this, because I've been doing a lot look, of deep... He's the, best, he's the best quarterback in Bears history. But also, that's not a compliment. Love to be wrong on this, because I've been drafting Allen in some deep leagues, and 
I don't like to get burned on quarterback because, gosh darn, there's so many good ones. Yeah. All right, guys. I think that'll do it for tonight, and not uh, just because my DoorDash order is on the way. <laughs> uh, we have we have two more. I want to say uh, best running back in Washington, obviously Darius Geis. Darius Geis. Best running okay. back in Jacksonville, obviously D.D. Westbrook. Oh yeah, D.D. Westbrook is obvious. That was a give. That was a give. Get that guy. D.D. Westbrook is the best Get running that back. Guy. Is that what you just said? Best wide receiver. Best wide receiver. Okay, because he I, might be the I best running back that, too. Fournette's not going to be yeah. out. Get that guy, guys. He's going for less than five dollars in most auction leagues. That's all. I, I agree with you and D.D. Westbrook, but I will say this. Um, I I still say this. Obviously, in camp battle, D.D. wins, but Marquise Lee, don't sleep on him. Later in the season, Jared. Marquee. Okay, that'll be that'll be great when he gets six targets in in four games and then goes on the IR. Falls down, breaks he's, his hip. He's been healthy the last two oh, the last two years previous to the one he tore his ACL. <laughs> he had been relatively healthy, but also <laughs> I love the, the, uh, I love the immediate dis, the immediate qualification. He was <laughs> like, he's he's coming off an ACL, but the two seasons before that, he was their best receiver. Well, what was the famous epitaph on a grave, a tombstone, which is, I told you I was sick. <laughs> He's played 16 games once, Waleed. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's not going to be Marquise Lee. All right. On that note, I think that'll do it for the Football Absurdity podcast today. Remember, uh, patreon.com slash footballabsurdity. Give us money. We love money. It's the end of the episode. We can say stuff like that because if you're still listening, it means you love us. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Love us almost enough to give us money. Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all of us. You can find it there. If you find us there, figure out a way to rate us and review us. Please do that on your podcast app of choice. Uh, Anything else? Beer Sheets. Got a run on Wednesday the 20, uh, 28th, and we fixed it on Thursday the 29th. Um, uh, Draft.com slash absurdity, promo code absurdity. And I think that will do it for today for Evan and Waleed. Thank Bye-bye. You for- Goodbye. My name is Evan. Word. <laughs>